Good morning, and welcome to the radio broadcasts of the Brinesburg Missionary Baptist Church.
song called Our God. Uh, so if y'all would stand with us to worship. Psalms 18.2 says, He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. Let's sing out to our God right now.
grace abounds in deepest waters, your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed and you won't start now. Carry on. 
Princes and paupers, sons and daughters, kneel at the throne of grace. Losers and winners, saints and sinners, one day we'll see his face. And Kings will surrender their crowns and worship Jesus, for he is the love, unfailing love, yes, he is the Summer and winter, the mountains and the rivers whisper the Savior's name. Awesome and holy, a friend of the lonely, forever his love will reign. And we surrender their crowns and worship Jesus for he is the love unfailing love yes he is the love of God 
surrender their prows and worship Jesus. Worship Jesus. Worship Jesus. For He is the love unveiling.
song that we want to share with you. But first off, I want to tell you guys, y'all didn't need us here as far as singing went this morning. That choir, Brother Rodney, every, that was beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and y'all blessed our hearts. I think y'all need to applaud your choir because they did a great job. Amen? Amen. This ministry with the Moreads has been going on for a long time, and there are all sorts of things that we would love to share and tell with you. But this morning, it's homecoming, and we're going to let Brother Larry do the preaching. And we're, like he said a while ago, we're just here to do the singing. But one thing before we leave, some of the songs that we've sang had to do with I Got a Hold of God, praying, different things like that. But we want to always mention to you, Jesus is a saving, saving Christ. Amen. And I love him. I love him. David sang the praises of the
to share one word with you real quickly. He's always faithful. I heard the story this morning as we were coming, there was a song that was being uh, sang on TV and it was about a promise that was made that one day they would have a child and it was talking about Sarah and talking about Abraham and one day that they would have a child and they were old in their years and I'm not going to say I was old in my years but I had been told back in my very early 20s I would never be able to have children and just to help us celebrate our little girl's going to turn win, uh, on Wednesday she's going to turn 21 years old that is my God, and that's the reason that I love him, amen. Did I mention that I love him? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Today you'll be listening to the message preached 
at Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church during our Sunday morning worship service. May God bless you as you listen to his message. Thank you very much, and what an opportunity to be able to preach and to preach at a time like this as well. And I also appreciate very much the fact that we end that on faithfulness because I want us to think about God's faithfulness. Uh, the very fact of who He is, where we have come from, and what God has done with us is a time to be thankful, isn't it? Uh, I served the Marine Corps, and one of the things I love about the Marine Corps is their motto is Semper Fidelis. And Semper Fi, every time you find a, a Marine that is one-to-one, and you see that, whether they see an insignia or a cap or anything like that, and you'll hear that Semper Fi, because there's a sense of faithfulness in the midst of difficulty. And the reality is, it doesn't mean anything in word unless it's in deed. And my friend, you and I, can count our blessings, can't we? Now, I'm not like the Moorhead. I'm not going to take off singing, because if I did, I think y'all would leave quickly. And I have the worst time to be here at this because we as Baptists are not as good about fasting as we are feasting. And you're thinking right now, aren't you? The only thing between you and that meal is me. <laughs> I know. I know. I've been in this situation uh, before that, and, uh, but I do appreciate Brother Brad asking me to be here. It's my honor to serve here in western Kentucky. This is where I'm from. Uh, I pastor churches along the river counties from Ballard all the way to Fulton County, live in Carlisle County. One of the things our Kentucky Baptist Convention is doing that has only happened in the past uh, 15 or so years is that having a presence here to work with pastors, and we even now have a church planting uh, associate. We have uh, one here uh, who's also working in evangelism. And Kentucky Baptist Tr uh, Convention is getting out of the Golden Triangle. You know what I'm talking about when I say that. When I say that in Louisville, they don't understand what I'm talking about. I do understand what that means. And being able to do that is to let you know how much we value Brinesburg Baptist Church, your history. I, I know your history well. Again, I grew up here. I grew up in Ballard County. And uh, I know in growing up in this area and pastoring for so many years, I used to call it pestering because uh, sometimes I think that's what I did to a lot of my folks is pester them just to get them there. But one of the realities of it is we are in this together. It takes all of us together. And I'm thankful that God has led us here for such a time as this. What I've titled the message today is a time to be thankful, looking at Joshua chapter 22, verse 5. And as I begin to look at that, we'll have prayer here in a moment, and I'll kind of walk through some of the text here. But I, I think about it as a thankfulness. There was an apprehension going into the promised land. So much so, the first time they approached it, they turned it down. There was a majority vote. Twelve went. Ten said no. All twelve said, we can do this. This is wonderful. It is a land that flows with milk and honey. It is the promise of God. He has said we could have it, but. Don't you always like that when somebody says that to you? But. There's giants there. There's things that are obstacles there. There are challenges that are there. You know, the, uh, I, I do have a PhD, but you know the reason I'm not a medical doctor? I'd go to school for that. 
I remember when I was in, uh, I was in high school going to college, and I thought, well, I kind of like medicine. Those guys live good. I don't mind cutting on folks. Don't even mind giving you a shot. I don't like them. I cry when I see the needle, but, but giving you one wouldn't bother me at all. And, I, and then they kept saying, do you know how long you got to go to school? And I went, I don't think I'm interested in that. It is so long. We are such an impatient people that when we think about things like that, we say, I want this, but I don't want to pay the price to get it. The people that we're looking at today in Joshua 22 paid the price. They've reached the achievement. Now, success becomes our greatest challenge. We learn from failures. I have no option. It is a failure, so I need to learn from it. But success, often you and I begin to take too much credit for what God deserves all the credit. Found pray with me. Father, we thank you again for your word. I thank you for this church, for the opportunity I have to be here this morning. But I'm most thankful for you. What the Moorheads have sung, what our choir sang, what our prayers and our offerings have gone to have been as an act of worship to say we love you and we need you. Speak to our hearts. And that one that may be here and lost without Jesus Christ, they may see themselves as success and yet face many obstacles in life. And I pray that you would bring them to that point of understanding they can't make it without you. They need Jesus. And that they would surrender their heart and life to him today. Father, for this church, for this pastor, for each of us, I pray that your spirit would speak to us, that from the good and from the bad, we would learn and we would be more faithful to you in Christ's name. Amen. A time to be thankful. You know, you look at something like that and you see here in chapter 21, the very latter verses there, he had said the very last words, everything was fulfilled. Every promise God made, as we just heard sung about, every promise had just been fulfilled. The land is theirs. Now, who this is directed to, I'm not going to read all of it, but if you read here about the Reubenites, the Gadites, half the tribe of Manasseh, they're living on the other side of the Jordan. But they were commanded at that point and directed, you must cross over and you must fight with everyone before you go back into this area of rest. All of us must have that same rest. And so they went in and they fought with the nation of Israel as a part of Israel to be a part of that in order to work together. Now, I would say this to you, and this is not the object of the message, and I'm not going to park here. Uh, this is just kind of a little extra, but the reality of it is we all don't see the same way when we look at the same thing. You can look at church and somebody says church to you, you come up with a visual in your head of your own experiences or of your own desires. Brother Brad, I've had many churches over the years that I have pastored and those that I've worked as an interim pastor, the years I taught in seminary, and I'd go there and work at a church. And when I was doing that, they'd say, Brother Larry, we won't change. And I found out the change they wanted was not even close to the change I thought it needed. 
We were on different pages. But what I find here is, this is what the emphasis of this text is here, is there was unity of purpose. You get that? There was a unity. They were going to live over here. This bunch is going to live over here, but we're working together on this. And what I find that he's saying here, success happened because all began to seek God and what went on. In, in verse 5, it says here, only carefully obey, in, in chapter 22, the command and instruction that Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you to love the Lord your God, walk in all his ways, keep his commands, be loyal to him, and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. Failure is a time to learn, isn't it? It's a time to learn, but so is success. The question today is how do we handle success? How do you handle it? How do you display your appreciation and devotion? Homecoming is a time like many in the old days is where this comes from. The idea of homecoming was back post-World War I is where it really started. In World War II, it, it expanded that much more because more availability of cars, a little more money, and highways that you could travel. But at the end of World War I, prior to any other time in the nation's history, people became mobile. Matter of fact, my own family in 1960 left what I call the land that flows with milk and honey, the promised land. They left the promised land of Ballard County and went off to Sodom and Gomorrah, South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> we were up there for a number of years for job and money because you could get a job and get a paycheck. Whereas if you know anything about sharecropping and farming, there is a risk in one or two of those years that go bad on you at times. I think many of us know people who've done that. And our churches began to do something. They had what was called Founders Day was we celebrated when the church began. We began to pull that together. Some do it separately, but we had homecoming. And it was a time folks would drive in from off and they would come together, families would be together. There was a great time of celebration, just like Israel here is celebrating. This great time of celebration is we've had success. Let's don't, get, let's don't forget where it came from. He says here, only carefully obey the command and instruction that Moses the Lord your servant gave you. This is a reminder of Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. And as you begin to look at Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, he says, above all, be strong, very courageous. Could you imagine your dad saying to you, boys or girls, before you go off to work, school, some new challenge that is before you, be strong, be courageous. Now, my mother would say something to me about being careful at times. It was usually because I was either going off to the Marine Corps during Vietnam or I was getting on a motorcycle as an older man. Be careful. I tell her, I'm not going to be careful. What are you talking about? Because when somebody says something like that to you, it typically means you're about to face something you did not expect. 
And it's that unexpected that catches us every single time. He said, be strong, very courageous. Observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it right or left so that you will have success wherever you go. Well, they did that. Now he's saying to them again, here's the warning again. First, carefully obey. Carefully obey. Obey what? Commands, instruction. The word command there is his moral precepts. In other words, you and I live in a world like was expressed to us earlier that it's not 20 years ago. It's not 50 years ago. Matter of fact, the world is facing challenges it didn't face five years ago. Social media and technology. We have two global pushes on us that are constantly shoving against us, and that's transportation and it's technology. Technology has changed the inside of your homes. It has changed the inside of your lives. It has changed the inside of your work. It has changed everything. I remember one time being asked by a friend of mine who'd gone through a hard time. I was pastor of a church, and I was in Ballard County, and He's a farmer, and he said something about, would you come and ride on the combine with me? Well, my idea of a combine and his, mine was old idea. The old school idea was, is you remember those open combines you had at times when you're out there and you're, you're shelling uh, corn or maybe you're, uh, you're getting some beans out of the field and I'd go out there and they're shelling corn. And he said that I, I took my Claritin because I have terrible allergies. I took that, got my salt water ready on the counter because I know I'm gonna have to have that later. And I'm gonna go ride this thing with it, put on my t-shirt, my blue jeans and put on a pair of tennis shoes and I go out there and when I went out there I sat in something I wish my car had that much comfort. <laughs> Why it was sealed, air conditioned, it was nice and I'm going, I'm saying, I'm saying Alan, I thought, how long have you had this thing? I would have ridden with you a long time ago if I'd known this. He even had a cooler in there with some soda in it. I said man this is really living. It's not living, it's work. He's not going to get sick, more than likely, out there sucking all the dust and things. But here the idea was, when he said that to me, my perception was of the old days, and the days we have now have changed drastically. Now, this is a side note again. Isn't it interesting at times, Brad, that we find in our churches, we want change everywhere else, but not in church. We don't want any change. Matter of fact, I've said the only ones in church that want to be changed are babies with a wet diaper. And they cry and scream when change happens. That's a reality. That's kind of an amen or an old me. The reality of it is, these are things. Our world is changing today. And now he says here, listen to the commands. Those are moral precepts. Just because the world says it's okay doesn't mean it is. God makes that determination. It's instruction, how we approach it. You notice as you read the Old Testament, you read something out of Leviticus or you read something out of Deuteronomy, and when you do, God said to approach him, you must do it this way. Today, before I got here, I asked uh, your pastor, I said, are there any instructions before I come? I'm in West Kentucky, folks. I know when I come, I've got to either dress a certain way, look a certain way, or act a certain way. And I know that because from church to church to church, it'll be a little different at times. It's a cultural phenomenon. 
But the reality of it is, in where we are today, it is also the major question is, not just how the people's expectations are, but my friend, for you and for me, what is God's expectation? Have we even considered that? What does God want from me? You see, that's what instructions here are about. The command is, how are you behaving? Have you repented? Are you ready? Those of you who do not know Jesus Christ, are you ready? Because he would even go along and give us something that Jesus would be asked about later. What is the greatest commandment? And he says this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. Guess what? It's right here in the text. He says to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways. That means to give him everything. This is the first and the greatest commandment is if I'm to please anyone, is God pleased with my church, with my life, with my decisions, with everything about me? Lord, are we on the same relationship? Carefully Obey. I'd say to you today, my friend, if you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can clean up the outside, but Jesus sees the inside, and it is his red blood that wants to drench your black heart and make it white as snow. Jesus. Secondly, here's love fully. Love fully. Not only did he say obey, but love. You know one of the things that's odd about speaking truth I don't mind telling somebody what I think. Matter of fact, one of the worst things that ever happened to me, Pastor, is there's been those times where somebody would say to me at times, and they'd say, Larry, what do you think? And our relationship became questionable at the moment because I'm a very blunt person. Somebody asked me that. If they say something that they're doing is goofy and silly, and they say to me, what do you think? I'm going to say, it's dumb. Stop doing it. If you've got a headache, quit beating your head into the wall. That may be the reason you've got that headache. There are obvious things at times we look at like that. Not everybody appreciates that. I know that because the scripture even says it's not just speak truth, but speak truth how? In love. Truth and love are partners. Truth without love is an opinion. But truth in love is grace in action. When I look at something like that, I see loving fully is love makes duty enjoyable, not just a job, not just a chore. My grandmother taught Sunday school for over 40 years. You remember those badges they used to have? And they get around, she had those things that drag the ground. And my grandfather didn't even get saved until he was in his late 50s. She did most of that on her own. And yet at the same time, her faithfulness was she loved doing what she did. She never looked at it like it was a chore or a job. The minute we start looking at things like that, we start then asking ourselves the question, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Doesn't that sound like a child? We as adults sometimes act the same way. And here he's telling us, he's commanding Israel, love fully. In other words, accept what's there. You notice these verbs that are there? Verbs. He goes in and he talks about walk in all his ways. Keep his commands. You can even put the abbreviated idea above it. You walk in his ways. You keep his commands. You remain faithful to him. You serve him. 
with how? All your heart and all your soul love fully. You know when you really find the test for love? My wife and I have been married 44 years. And we've never had an argument. We never have. And we never had a disagreement. She won't argue with me. She won't disagree with me. It doesn't mean she agrees and just follows along. She just don't say anything. She just gets up and does what she's going to do. It isn't because I'm so wonderful and so perfect. No amens back there either. But the reality of it is, marriage is not a ceremony. Marriage is learning to work it out. It's learning to deal with the differences. It's learning to deal with things that can separate us and put us on this side of the water versus this side of the water. But when we're in the fight together is exactly what the text is demonstrating here. Whether you're a part of the Reubenites, the Gadites, half the tribe of Manasseh, or any of the other tribes of Israel, you are in this together. And there's nothing like togetherness. You see, that's what love is. It keeps no record, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us, of all the offenses. But rather what it does is it keeps a list of what I love about you. Lastly here as well is walk faithfully. Walk faithfully. You see, I find as we are walking faithfully for the Lord, the one who's been devoted to you is the Lord God Almighty. Can you imagine that? He's the one who loves you and me. I was sharing about my wife and I being married these many years. And, and out of that, one of the things we find is we find about each other those things that are different, things we did not know. And as these things come along like that and they come to the surface like that, love is still the ability to say, in the midst of all that, I still love you. I still love you. You have a child. And you're going to find issues at times, but you still love them. What I love about God is He knows you better than you know yourself. And there is no secret thought, no private decision in your life that God does not know. But my friend, He still loves you. He still loves you. It's what took Jesus to the cross. It's exactly what brings Him to our lives today. The one who has been devoted to you is the Lord and Master. It is He who chooses what is best for your good and for His glory. David learned very little in success because in the midst of success, he failed with Bathsheba. It was in the midst of that failure he would agonize many, many years. I believe success is God's way of helping teach us how to walk with Him, how to trust Him, how to follow Him in the good and the bad. So when the bad comes, we're ready. We're ready. The beauty of it is He loves us whether we failed or not. I'd say to you today, my friend, you're here and you say, well, I've had success, but I failed. God still loves you. He still loves you. He still wants you in His family. 
You may say, I was once a member here somewhere, or I was once teaching, or I was once and you know, I, you know, I had a friend of mine, he called that the Eustas. There's a whole family of Eustas. Used to go to church, used to teach Sunday school, used to do this, used to do that. Well, that family's way too big. We need people who are committed, who are dedicated to the cross of Jesus Christ. Nothing you've ever done will make him disown you. He calls you to repentance. He asks you to be his own. And this is that time. My friend, if you're here and you're lost without Jesus Christ, you're not going to get there on your own. Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. Sin did leave that crimson stain, but his blood washed it white as snow. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? As we prepare for the time of invitation, I don't know how God has spoken to you, but I do know this, God speaks. And sometimes what we do is we allow a time like this, a service that is homecoming and we've got all the things going on and all the people around and some you know, some you don't know, but the reality of it is right now God brought you here for this moment, this reason. You may have sin you need to repent of. You may have relationships you need to work on restoring. You may need Christ. This is that moment. This is that time. Father, as we approach this time, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to gather in your name, to trust you. And Father, I pray that you would take this time of the invitation, that you would take the message and it would be more than a set of words, but it would be a time of trusting, following, believing in you. For that one that is here and lost without Jesus, that they would trust you as Savior, that they'd realize that Jesus died on the cross, he arose the third day, and he now is in heaven, and he wants to save them if they'll trust him. For that one that is here knows you, but has not been living for you, has been estranged from you, has had this dealing in their lives that some sin or, or some resentment or some anger, that Father, you would work on that. Father, help us to honor you in this time. In Christ's name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. Brother Brad. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today from Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church. If you need spiritual help with your relationship with the Lord, please call 270 527 3757. Also, we would like to invite you to attend our services. On Sunday morning, Sunday school begins at 10 a.m. and our worship service is at 11 a.m. On Sunday evening, discipleship training begins at 5 p.m. with our worship service at 6 p.m. You may also view our Sunday worship services live on Mediacom Inspiration Channel 93. On Wednesday night, our worship service begins at 7 p.m. Once again, Thanks for listening, and may God bless you and your family.